Are the Democrats ready to bail on Joe Biden? With the help of Mitch McConnell, the Senate moved closer to a huge payday for Ukraine. Plus, the border crisis reveals stunning national security issues. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news app. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden and his terrible, terrible week, the result of which leads to the big question. Are the Democrats ready to bail on Joe Biden? It seems now that Biden's mental state is declining by the day. Last week, Biden made this comment when referencing his first G7 summit as president in 2021. I was in I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, "said You know, what? Why? How, how long are you back for?" Now let's just say that we'll give Biden a pass for first saying Germany, then correcting himself by saying France. That happens. But what's stunning is that Biden then tells a story of talking to French President Mitterrand, who actually has been dead since 1996. Later in the week, Biden added this. Well, he did it again. Fox News' Jackie Heinrich, Heinrich reports that at two fundraising events last night, Biden said German Chancellor Helmut Kohl was with him on his first foreign trip as president. Again, Angela Merkel was German Chancellor at the time, and Kohl had died in 2017. One week, two dead world leaders who just so happened to have conversations with Biden after they were dead. Now, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about these remarkable conversations and replied with this. As it relates to the names and um, and what he was trying to, you know, what he was trying to, uh, to say, look, many people, uh, elected officials, many people, um, you know, uh, they tend, they can, they can mis misspeak sometimes, right? Ridiculous reply. But here's the thing. Biden wasn't even close to being done yet. After the special counsel's report was released on Biden's classified documents case, a, re a report which highlighted Biden's diminished mental capacity, Biden threw together an angry press conference which did no help to him at all. And then, when it was just about over, Biden added this. The conduct of the response in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. Sisi, the president of Mexico. In reality, Abdul Fattah el-Sisi is the president of Egypt, not Mexico. And again, all of this happened in just the past week. Those examples, along with Biden giving an update on Israel and Hamas and failing to remember the word Hamas until a reporter actually had him say it. And then, of course, there was this exchange. Donald Trump is ready to debate you right now. Do you accept? <laughs> Will you debate him? If I him, I'd want to debate me too. What a week. And this leads us to the big problem for the Democrats. What do they do with Joe Biden? 
Obviously, Biden has no real primary opposition, so it's not like someone is going to go to the Democrat convention with more delegates. No, in order to replace Biden, there has to be a coming together of the Democrat leadership to convince him to step aside, and then another candidate can be nominated at the convention. But who would that be? Gavin Newsom? Gretchen Whitmer? Michelle Obama? Here's another political consideration. With the contrast so clear between the Biden years and the Trump years, even a replacement would have a hard time beating Trump. Does someone like a Newsom want to take that chance or just be ready to run in 2028? If Biden isn't replaced, perhaps the Democrats are basically conceding 2024 because if they really do campaign hard and have their allies in the media and big tech push for a Biden victory, then it's almost assured that at some point Kamala Harris would become president. That would be a disaster and almost certainly be enough to put the White House in Republican hands in 2028. I think the Democrats would rather keep Biden on the ticket. The problem is that he's declining so fast they might not have a choice. What do you think? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about the weekend Senate vote on Ukraine. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Apparently, the Super Bowl wasn't the only major action occurring on Sunday. No, the U.S. Senate was also assembled to vote on advancing the $95 billion foreign aid bill that was part of the border security bill, which recently fell flat and failed. Just as a side note, recall that the $118 billion border security bill had this foreign aid in it, $95 billion of the $118 billion, or 81% of the border security bill was for other countries. And now, because that bill failed, rather than focus on border security, the Senate is saying, no, we're going to focus on the foreign aid part and put that in its own bill. In addition to the $14 billion for Israel and aid for Taiwan and Gaza, the bill requests $61 billion for Ukraine. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't the final vote, but it might as well be. This was the cloture vote, which means that debate can be ended and any filibuster can be busted. 60 votes were needed, and the measure passed 67 to 27, with 18, yes, 18 Republicans joining the Democrats to send another $61 billion to Ukraine. Now it's just a matter of time until the Senate passes the $95 billion foreign aid measure. The Senate voted 67 to 27 to crack a filibuster designed to stop the bill. 60 A's were needed. 18 Republicans joined all Democrats voting to advance the plan including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. American support is craved and American strength is feared, is in doubt. And we, the United States of America, have the most to lose. Mitch McConnell is just the worst. And he is one of the reasons why Republicans get so frustrated. We work so hard as grassroots conservatives to get Republicans elected, and then many just become part of the swamp. Utah Senator Mike Lee has had enough, and he believes McConnell should step down from the leadership. In occasion after occasion, bill after bill, we've seen Senate Republican leadership uh, joining ranks with all or most Democrats, sharply dividing Republicans, actively alienating most Republican voters, and taking a different position than most Republican senators. Now, Lee is right. 
These positions taken by McConnell and others don't just go against the other group of Republicans in the Senate. These positions go against grassroots Republicans in general. We have made our feelings known on the border, Ukraine, spending, and other issues. And time and time again, McConnell, Cornyn, Romney, Murkowski, and the like end up on the other side. We've got a real opportunity, Maria, for Republicans to take the majority this November. But if we keep doing things through our leadership that end up enacting priorities for the Democrats, we're going to have brand confusion. And the voters who we need to show up to vote for Republican candidates in Senate races all over the country are going to be less likely to do that if they can't tell which team is responsible for what policy. Fantastic. That is exactly right. We must give voters a clear choice. But when we see Republicans like McConnell carrying the water for Democrats, what are voters supposed to think? Republicans should have been united in defeating this bill. Instead, all we are getting is yet another example of the swamp comprised of Democrats and Republicans running the show. All right, next, the ongoing border crisis is not only setting the worst kind of records, but our open borders are also endangering America's national security as thousands of illegal migrants pour in from countries that seek to do us harm. First, here's a quick update on the record-setting numbers we've already experienced in 2024. In three months, October, November, and December, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection, almost a million people, 988,000 documented at our southern border and our coastal borders and our northern border. And that doesn't even include the known gotaways, by the way, never mind the ones we have no idea about. Nearly 1 million illegal border encounters in fiscal year 2024. Then, as Jason Jones mentioned, there's the thousands upon thousands of gotaways, people who have escaped into the country and have we have no record of them whatsoever. So the question begs, who are these people who are getting in? Here's a clue. Let's put this in, in, in context. Uh, the Customs and Border Protection is telling us that the fastest growing group that they're encounter encountering at the border is coming from our number one geopolitical adversary, China. How fast is it coming? Well, at the end of the Trump administration, we had 342 Chinese nationals in the year 2020. As you pointed out, we're at now 24,000 and 20,000 uh, in the past two years. That's like a 7,000% increase. Those comments should wake up everyone. Just look at the explosion under Joe Biden of illegal border crossers from China. Now, think back to the comments from Jason Jones. How many potential Chinese spies are part of the gotaways? How many have gone completely undetected? This is a serious problem, and we need a serious solution. All right, next here's some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. First, we'll start with a story about the LGBTQ abbreviation because it seems to keep growing and growing. Sometimes there's a plus sign in it. Sometimes there's a two-way in it. There's just too much to keep track of. You have non-binary, pansexual, transsexual, cat people, and more. Now, a professor in Canada says that the current abbreviation is not anywhere near close to what is needed and has a recommendation of a host of new letters for the lineup. As reported by WMD, Dr. Percy Lazard, the coordinator of the Indigenous Studies Program at Laurier University, and a self-identified two-spirit trans-disabled scholar who uses the pronouns they and them argued that the change was long overdue. Dr. Lazard and other members of the research team suggest that to encompass all aspects of gender and sexuality, the abbreviation should be updated to become 
And here we go. MMIWG2SLGBTQQIA+. All right. Next, to show you just how deeply the left has infected our education system, first-year medical students at UCLA are now required to study open borders and other left-wing ideology as part of their medical training. As reported by Fox News, the watchdog group Do No Harm says that the required course Structural Racism and Health Equity is filled with leftist ideology. In one reading, students are exposed to authors who advocate for a no-borders system that privileges liberatory solidarity with migrants. In another reading, the author claims that the border crisis is imagined, and instead, there are actual crises that drive mass migration, such as capitalism, war, and the climate emergency. And again, this is what is being taught at UCLA Medical School. Finally, I'm not saying that all liberal women look like Rachel Maddow, but have you ever noticed that while we have Megyn Kelly, the left has Joy Reid, and the examples go on and on and on. Case in point is Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Kristen Gaffney, who attended a Super Bowl event sponsored by Maxim Magazine by sporting a specialty MAGA purse. In explaining her support for the former and possibly future president, Gaffney said that, quote, Trump embraces the American dream, adding, we should stop questioning the man who wants to make America great again and start questioning those who are challenging the concept of putting our country and our people first, end quote. Great comments. And I'll just leave it at that. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.